It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Hello, and welcome back to Digging Deep with Robert Plant, and this is Season 5. My name is Matt Everett, and I'm very pleased to be back here with another series in which Robert Plant will revisit his own remarkable back catalogue to investigate and evaluate and celebrate some of his songs. As you'll know, if you've been listening to the previous seasons, we span the whole of Robert's career so far, touching down at different points from way back when to right now. So cover versions, album tracks, lost gems, much loved classics, and even music from Raise the Roof, the latest album by Robert and Alison Krauss. And in the last season, we spoke about getting Alison on as a guest on this show, so we might even try and make that happen. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground in this season, but as always... Expect us to take the road less travelled when it comes to how the conversation unfolds. As in real life, it's an unexpected journey. And we start, maybe unexpectedly, with a song from Led Zeppelin. From their third album, Led Zeppelin Three, released in 1970, the song was written in a remote cottage in Gwynedd in Wales, and the cottage gave the song its title. But before we get to that, me and Robert have some catching up to do. It's been a while, after all. <laughs> nice to see you again and you too yeah it's been a while yeah what I, happened I, I don't know i don't know it's like sort of everything and nothing time has sort of stood still and also stretched out in yeah. weird directions yeah it regained its focus at two or three times last year when i went oh i know what i know what i'm duty bound to do uh, i'm going to go out into the world and enjoy myself and sing and play and then the brakes kept coming on and the wheels kept dropping off and and I was very fortunate because I'm normally in a very rural environment. So my being sort of, if you like, not trapped, but confined was really, I was only confined to forests and streams, which is like where I came from. Ha ha. And your current state of mind, how would you describe your, your state right now? It's, it's somewhere between a foxtrot <laughs> and a stroll, really. I'm doing fine. Um, uh, I'm comfortable and uh, I've got a gig or two. I mean, a couple of different projects that I really enjoy. And it's all good, yeah, really yeah. good. Have you enjoyed kind of, because the, the, you know, as you say, there's a t touring band and there's the big release with Alison, which we're going to be talking about a lot in this series, I'm sure. But um, ha have you enjoyed going from like everything being, you know, as you say, rural and, 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 and calm and within yeah. the world, to all of a sudden it's like, and everyone's looking at you and asking you questions again. How's that been? Well, you know, 
you only really come to start to be find out who you are when all the the sort of glitter and glitz of the last 50 years falls off you it's you know like i feel like one of those austin princess cars where they had a rag top and too much sun and it all sort of curls back and you can see the sad metal underneath it and i felt like that quite a lot like that what else am i apart from this machine that has to go out and sing and i think i've always used singing and writing and that sort of thing as a it's been my the life raft for having a somebody else behind it who's totally different and i find a lot of entertainers that i talk to we're all the same really we've got this a lot of bluster and a lot of creative wah but um so i did find it two or three times the sort of much more um i don't know i was able to see myself from a different angle which was good for me you know and i liked it was it quite nice being able to wear a mask i spoke to a couple of musicians about this and they were like Actually, it's been quite nice. Now, of course, the masks have dropped in most places, but like, I could just have a wander about and no one knew who mm. I was. Has that been quite pleasant? Well, I think <laughs> I've always got a mask on, but then sometimes I bought them from the chemist. Uh, I don't know. But, um, you know, I've been around a long time. I certainly look different to how I was when I put my first record out when I was 17. Um, and I've been through the mullet era and all that sort of thing and got away with it, really, in Led Zeppelin for a long time with... I just looked like somebody else who was going to an all-nighter or whatever it was. But <laughs> now, in these late salad days, I don't know. A, a lot of people recognize me on the street and say, hey, Mario Lanza, <laughs> which, which is great for me because I'm not an Italian, you know, Hollywood opera singer. But I brought Mario Lanza to the general public on, the, on that Desert Island Discs thing. So now people don't say, hi, Robert, anymore. It's just that exclamation of <laughs> Mario Lanza. I wish I was his agent. Anyway, here we are. We're, we're, we're cooking on gas. It's a beautiful, beautiful spring morning. And um, so despite everything, we press on. What's the first song that we're choosing for this series? Well, um, there are lots and lots and lots of songs and there's lots of different themes I could go down. But I thought cheer and exuberance and a reflection of some really incredibly creative days on the side of a, a hill in South Snowdonia in Merioneth would bring us to Bronnerire Stomp, uh, which Jimmy and I wrote together actually at the cottage called Bronnerire in uh, near Machantleth in Wales. all about everything that was a joy uh, from the performance from the sort of throwaway elements of it it's strange because all these these programs or these conversations that we have it's all about retrospective overview 
And of course, at the time of conception and development, it was nothing like that. It was just, wow, is this Lonnie Donegan meets Roy Harper meets the Incredible String Band? And all this whole content of a song about a dog, you know. But it was the times that we spent up there on the side of the hill and the optimism and the adventure of finding so many different streams of creativity that'll you know it's like pulling back the reeds on a beautiful freshwater stream and you you see stuff coming from everywhere and that was that period of Led Zeppelin 3 was really um more than I think any of us the four of us could have imagined because it just stuff just rolled out it was um it was a hugely creative and celebratory time like a lot of the Zep stuff, there's there's a mythology around every single bit of everything. There does seem to be. So I wanted to know when you were kind of there at this at this cottage, because the, the image would be, oh, this bucolic, beautiful, sort of slightly mystical, calming place after all the, 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 the roll and tumble of the previous years. But was the reality a little bit more like there's no electricity? We're freezing. This is not. I just wondered the myth and the reality, what it was like. Oh, no, there. because... I- I'm, I was tuned into that as anyway, yeah. as a, there's no electricity. You know, in fact, quite a few of my friends were already living on various mountain tops, exposed to the east wind, because they just forgot it's better to get the other side of the hill. So you don't, you know. So we no, it was fine. It was really good. Um, it was a beautiful place, and uh, and all those things were part of the bargain, and they remain so too. You know. Um, you're there for a reason and you're just in it so all that actually adds to it the idea of going outside and and bringing in kindling all that stuff is part of the whole deal and remains so in my time now yeah in fact the old guy with the sticks on his back on zeppelin four pinned to the window of some place in uh, around the back of smethwick um in birmingham i'm now that guy i mean <laughs> I pick up kindling everywhere I go and wrap it round with a piece of baling twine and shunt it on my back just in case everybody's driving by. And they go, there's that bloke off Led Zeppelin 4 album cover. when talking about those sessions that's when you you really you and Jimmy really got to know each other mm. which it was like it's a lovely thing to say they're like wow it took you three albums to do that yeah but that oh, was the it place. hasn't finished yet <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean that's things evolve I think that's quite a nice thing to say like yeah well you, if you think about it really from the get-go um from from the very recording of the Zeppelin one which was like 36 hours of work and then then starting off touring, I think that, that year, 1969, I think we did six tours of America or something like that. <laughs> Nobody knew what was going on because there was a momentum that was yeah. just, we were on fire. We were rolling out there, playing with, you know, the James Gang and Country Joe and uh, the Aeroplane. It was just, if it all ended at the end of 1970. It would have been the most amazing trip. And so we just got on it. So by the time we got to Bronnerair, it was the only time that we actually did, you know, use an outdoor toilet together. 
separately, individually. Not together, and, together. No, no. And all that stuff. So it was like we finally got time to breathe and, um, and probably to discuss stuff and to write notes about things and all that. Zeppelin II was created on the road and was magnificent in it, for it. It was brilliant. Uh, uh, but the, that beginning of the third album was, was a perspective change. Marcus Mumford, I spoke to him about five years ago talking about something. I said, how are you getting on? He said, we're in the middle of the difficult third album. That Most bands capsize at that point. What are you going to do? Ironically, it was slated by everybody. It's been like we'd, we'd turned into chirpy, chirpy, cheap, cheap, sort of brotherhood of man, something like that. But it was what it was, and that was it. Another myth, it was, it was directly inspired by Bert Jansch. Is that, is that right? Was no. That right? Oh, okay. No. Okay. No, it was just of the, of the time. Yeah. There were so many great players at that time playing, but it was pretty throwaway as well. You yeah. Know. yeah, I mean, the way it's, the, the whole thing is not, it's not an, a sort of exercise in being right on the top of the plane. It's just a matter of celebration. That was Blon and I a Stomp by Led Zeppelin, the first of Robert's choices for this new season of Digging Deep. We hope you enjoyed it. I should mention, if you're listening to this episode in 2022, don't forget, you can see Robert and Alison Krauss live, touring extensively throughout the UK, US and Europe from June through to September. Visit robertplant.com and click Tours and Tickets to see all the dates for the shows and festivals. And that is the end of this week's episode. It feels so good to be back. And we shall return with a new episode very soon. So be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And don't forget you can hear previous Digging Deep episodes on your podcast provider as well. I've been Matt Everett. Thanks for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production. Alexa, play Bronneria Stomp by Led Zeppelin.